Welcome to the Arborist News Audio Podcast, brought to you by the International Society of Arboriculture. This audio version of the Arborist News CEU article is voiced by Paul Johnson, an educator in the field of arboriculture. This month's article is titled Managing Soils That Support Urban Trees, written by Bryant C. Scherenbrock, E. Thomas Smiley, and Wes Coker. Learning Objectives Describe Effective Soil Sampling Techniques Identify Important Soil Parameters for Assessing Urban Soils Summarize how to assess soil parameters. Understand the impacts of various soil parameters on tree health. Soil assessment. Soil should be assessed prior to conducting any soil management work. Soil assessment is used to determine soil characteristics and conditions that may limit tree or shrub development. Once this is determined, management recommendations can be developed to mitigate the limiting conditions. Soil and site assessment information can also be used prior to planting to match plant species with site conditions. Assessment can be quick, field-based procedures, or they may include more in-depth site and laboratory analyses. An in-depth soil analysis may include characterizing a soil's physical, chemical, or biological properties. Key soil parameters that are often assessed include texture, structure, density, water, organic matter, pH, salinity, nutrients, and microbial activity. Soil sampling. Soil conditions can vary significantly within small, seemingly uniform sites. Tree and or site size, soil variability, and the conditions being assessed should guide your decision on where to sample and how many samples to collect. Soil samples should be collected from locations and depths within the soil profile that provide information necessary to make recommendations. Collecting Soil Nutrient Samples When collecting samples for soil nutrient analysis, samples should be collected from within the area where fertilizer will be applied. For individual trees and shrub beds, this area is typically within the drip line. Prior to planting larger landscapes, samples can be collected from the area most likely to see planting. Where multiple samples are collected, the collection sites should be randomly selected within the defined area, or they should be collected in a grid-like pattern so that the sample will represent the variability present on the site. On larger sites, it may be beneficial to subdivide the whole site into smaller segments that share common characteristics, such as position on a slope, plant species, or management areas. Comparative sampling is often used for plant or soil problem diagnoses. It is the process of sampling from areas where trees have a problem and comparing the results to those from nearby areas where trees are non-symptomatic, unaffected, or undisturbed. For instance, if salts were thought to be involved in the decline of a tree, you would want to know the salt levels in both affected and unaffected locations. Since the majority of fine tree and shrub roots are in the top 6 to 8 inches, 15 to 20 centimeters of soil, this depth is considered appropriate for nutrient analysis sampling. In areas where fine roots are growing at greater or lesser depths, samples should be collected from those areas. Soil nutrient sampling is performed with a soil sampling probe or other tool. Soil sample probes are steel tubes, typically 3 quarters to 1 and 1 quarter inches, 2 to 3 centimeters, in diameter, with a tip designed for specific soil types. A handle, and sometimes a foot peg, is attached to the tube to drive the probe into the soil. When to sample. The timing of when to sample is largely dependent upon site conditions and the soil properties to be analyzed. Generally, stable soil properties can be assessed any time of the year. 
Soil properties like inorganic nitrogen availability change rapidly in response to moisture and temperature, so sampling is often conducted during periods of peak availability, such as early in the summer but not immediately after major rain events. If trees are showing signs or symptoms of stress at particular times during the year, it may be useful to sample during these periods to investigate whether the tree problem is related to soil conditions. Soil Analysis Parameters This section defines and interprets some of the common parameters evaluated during soil profile analysis. These parameters would typically be assessed on soils from each depth sampled. Texture Soil texture relates to the size and composition of individual soil particles. The most common field-based approach to determine soil texture is the feel method. This technique involves wetting and kneading the soil, making a ribbon, measuring its length, and then assessing its relative grittiness and smoothness. The feel method is subjective. However, with practice and calibration, accurate assessments can be made with minimal training or expertise. Soil texture can also be determined in a laboratory when a more precise assessment is needed. The majority of urban trees will do well in soils that have balanced portions of sand, silt, and clay, i.e. loams, because they have better water and nutrient supply capacities compared to sandy soils. Well-structured loams are preferred to clay soils because they have better drainage and are less prone to compaction-related problems. These preferred soil textures have clay contents of less than 40% and sand contents of less than 80%. Structure Soil structure is the arrangement of soil particles into large groups called aggregates. A soil with good structure allows air and water to readily penetrate and allows for root and microbial development. Loss of soil structure hinders root growth and other biological activity and alters water and air movement into and through the soil profile. Breakdown of soil aggregates is the first step to crust development and surface sealing, which impedes water infiltration and increases runoff and erosion. Soil structure is one of the quickest and easiest assessments of soil quality and can be performed with minimal training. Structure is visually assessed in the field to classify the aggregate type, shape, class, size, and grade, distinctness, and cohesion. In the surface horizons, granular structure that is loose, crumbly, and porous is preferable to platy, massive, or blocky structures. Granular or blocky aggregates that remain stable in water are considered ideal for most plants. Granular structure is indicative of a soil with adequate porosity, organic matter, and biological activity. Soil structure is best assessed by excavating soil from large holes or soil pits. Augers and coil samplers are not suitable tools for assessing soil structure due to the limited sample volume and the destruction of aggregates during extraction. Density and porosity. Soil is not a solid mass. It is a matrix of particles, sand, silt, clay, organic matter, with spaces in between called pores. The pores are filled with air and water. Soil compaction is the process of applying force to a soil, which increases the density by decreasing pore space. Due to vehicular and pedestrian traffic in urban areas, compaction is common and may limit plant development by reducing root penetration, soil aeration, and water infiltration. Bulk density is the weight of soil, mass, per unit volume, usually expressed in kilograms per meter cubed or pounds per cubic foot of soil. Porosity is the measure of pore space in the soil, which is inversely related to density. Soil bulk density is most commonly measured by removing an intact soil core of known volume, drying the soil, and weighing it. Since gravelly or rocky soils do not remain intact when removed from a coring device, 
a different method should be used to calculate their density. To assess these soils, dig a hole, determine the volume of the hole, and calculate the dry weight of the excavated material. The volume of the hole is obtained by lining and filling the cavity with a known volume of sand, water, plastic foam, or other material. As plants grow, their roots must penetrate the soil. If the soil is too dense for roots to penetrate, plant growth may be limited. To estimate how much resistance roots are facing, a solid soil probe or soil pentrometer can be used. Penetration resistance is highly dependent on moisture and texture, so care should be used when interpreting readings. Often pentrometer readings are taken along a line from an area that is expected to have high density to a nearby area that is expected to have low density, such as from a heavily used pedestrian trail under a tree to a mulch bed. This can be used to determine where the soil is compacted or where to collect samples for bulk density analysis. Ranges of bulk density and penetration resistance that limit tree growth vary with soil texture. Root growth in sandy soils is limited at higher density and resistance values than clayey soils. Across soil textures, soil bulk density values less than 1.4 mg per meter cube are ideal for most urban trees. Water. Water deficits and excesses strongly influence urban tree growth and survival. Water and air occupies soil pores and must be balanced for optimal tree growth. Excess water due to poor drainage, compaction, surface crusting, and overwatering are common problems in urban soils. Water movement depends on texture, structure, and moisture conditions. Water movement is most rapid in well-aggregated soils with large continuous pores in the surface. Knowing the soil's water content is useful in identifying plants stressed from too much or too little water. Basic information on soil water can be obtained in the field by observing physical indicators. Water deficits are usually widespread in sandy soils, arid regions, during tree establishment, or during periods of prolonged drought and or unusually high temperatures. As soil approaches wilting point, the point at which most plants begin to wilt, it becomes lighter in color and dusty when crushed. As soil approaches field capacity, the point at which gravity water has drained, it becomes more plastic and leaves a muddy impression when squeezed in the hand. The amount of water present in the soil can be measured in a number of ways. Electric soil moisture meters determine electrical conductivity, which is related to water and salt content. They are more accurate than visual assessments, quick and relatively inexpensive, but the readouts are comparable only to other soil of the same texture and salt content. Soil water content can also be determined by comparing the weight of water to the weight of the soil, gravimetric measurement, by weighing a collected soil sample, drying it at 221 degrees Fahrenheit, 105 degrees Celsius, for 24 hours, and weighing it again to determine the mass of the water lost. Determining usually with a tensiometer how tightly water is held to the soil, tension. Determining how quickly water moves into and through the soil, infiltration and percolation. When soil is saturated or inundated with water and there is microbial activity in the soil, there will be a depletion of oxygen leading to anaerobic conditions. Anaerobic soils stop root development for most tree species and affect nutrient availability. If soil has a glade or grayish appearance or a rotten egg smell, it is likely to have been saturated for an extended period of time. Infiltration rates can be assessed either by digging a hole or by placing a ring firmly in soil and measuring the time it takes for water to move into the soil. Using a 6-inch, 15-centimeter hole or ring, add water. 1 inch equals 1 half quart or 2.5 centimeters equals 444 milliliters and record the amount of time it takes to infiltrate into the soil. Infiltration rates are used to determine an appropriate irrigation rate, frequency and amount, 
and a basis to recommend other soil treatments. Irrigation rates should be lower than infiltration rates to prevent ponding, runoff, surface sealing, and degradation of soil structure. Ideally, infiltration rates for urban landscape soils should be at or exceed 1 inch, 25 millimeters per hour. pH. Soil pH is the measurement of hydrogen ion activity in the soil solution. The pH scale is logarithmic, so each whole number is 10 times greater or lesser in hydrogen ion activity, more basic or acidic than the previous value. For example, a soil with a pH of 4 is 10 times more acidic than a pH 5, but 1,000 times more acidic than a neutral soil, pH 7. For precise measurements of soil pH, it is best to send samples to a soil testing laboratory. Soil pH can be assessed in the field using a pin-like glass electrode meter and a well-mixed solution of one part deionized water to one part soil. Metal electrode soil pH probes, litmus paper, or mixed indicator kits can also be used for field assessment of soil pH, but are not very accurate. Alkaline soils, pH greater than 7, are common in urban areas due to cement, construction debris, and alkaline irrigation waters. Alkaline soils are also found in areas with low rainfall and where soil parent materials contain carbonates and high clay concentrations. Acid soils are more common in highly weathered and leached soils in tropical regions, in soils receiving acidic litter from surrounding vegetation, in soils with acidic parent material, areas with high atmospheric nitrogen deposition, acid rain, or in soils that have received continuous applications of some fertilizers. The optimum pH depends on the tree species. In areas within the temperate zone, a slightly acidic pH of 5.5 to 6.5 is considered optimal for many tree and shrub species. As pH drops below 5 or rises to about 7, some nutrients become less available for root uptake. Low pH, less than 5.5, may result in deficiencies of calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, or molybdenum, and perhaps excesses of manganese, iron, aluminum, copper, nickel, and zinc. High pH, greater than 7.5, may immobilize manganese, zinc, iron, or copper, and result in excesses of molybdenum, arsenic, and selenium. Nutrients and Contaminants Trees require and acquire essential plant macronutrients, phosphorus, nitrogen, and potassium, secondary nutrients, calcium, magnesium, and sulfur, and micronutrients, iron, manganese, zinc, nickel, copper, molybdenum, boron, and chlorine from the soil. Visual tree assessments are a good first step in detecting nutrient deficiencies or toxicities. Trees with nutrient imbalances often exhibit symptoms, such as chlorosis, wilting, stunting, and scorching of leaf margins. The pattern of symptoms on the plant provides important clues to identifying a nutrient deficiency. If symptoms are found only on older or lower leaves, the problematic nutrient is likely to be mobile, easily translocated, such as nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, magnesium, molybdenum, or chlorine. Symptoms on younger leaves are usually associated with immobile nutrients such as calcium, sulfur, iron, manganese, boron, copper, or zinc. Soil and or leaf samples should be collected and sent to laboratories for nutrient analyses to confirm suspected deficiencies and toxicities. Interpretations of nutrient analyses and recommendations for amendment are often included in laboratory reports, mostly by request and additional fees. However, sometimes these recommendations are not based on tree nutrient requirements, so it may be necessary to consult an expert for a more specific interpretation. Additional information on soil nutrients and fertilization is provided in the ISA publication Best Management Practices Tree and Shrub Fertilization 2013.
Salt contamination is a common problem for trees and urban soils. Salts in soils may hinder plant growth by making it more difficult for plants to take up water from the soil. Trees growing in salt-affected soils often exhibit symptoms resembling water stress. Examples wilting, browning, leaf scorching, leaf drop, and witch's broom. Visual clues of excessive soil salinity include salt crusts on the soil surface, loss of soil aggregation, reduced water infiltration, and water ponding. Soil salt levels can be measured in the field or at a laboratory with an electric conductivity meter. A laboratory analysis is recommended to determine the amount of sodium and chlorine in the soil, along with indicators such as sodium absorption ratio or exchangeable sodium percentage. Soil salts are weathered from primary minerals or added in fertilizers, irrigation water, or other amendments. High salinity is also common in coastal soils due to salt spray or contaminated groundwater, and in urban soils in temperate regions where de-icing salt is applied. Salt-affected soils are also common in arid regions, where capillary action brings water and salts to the surface, and evaporation removes water, leaving salts on the surface. Furthermore, arid soils are often irrigated with water that is high in salts. Contaminants may also produce plant problems. Some common soil contaminants in the urban environment are heavy metals from vehicles and industrial activities, organic pollutants, and pesticides. Assessing soil for contamination is often very difficult and expensive. Researching the site's previous uses and understanding local conditions that could contribute hazardous materials to the soil is a good beginning point to determine whether soil contamination analysis is needed. Soil suspected to contain toxic levels of hazardous pollutants should be assessed by a professional soil or environmental scientist. Organic matter. Soil organic matter, SOM, is often described as the single most important indicator of soil quality. Soil organic matter supports tree and ecosystem health, is dynamic, and is highly responsive to management practices. Soil organic matter includes anything that is currently or once was living in the soil. It is derived from plants and animals and is found in various states of decay and decomposability. Decomposition also releases, mineralizes nutrients such as nitrogen, making them available for tree uptake. Soil organic matter contains up to four times as much readily available water and nutrients as clay, increases soil resistance to compaction, fuels microbial activity, improves aggregation, buffers pH, and sequesters contaminants. If the topsoil has been removed or degraded, management should focus on soil organic matter restoration to facilitate tree health and growth. Rough approximations of soil organic matter can be made in the field by assessing soil color. In most cases, the darker the soil, the higher the soil organic matter content. Quantitative determination of soil organic matter is a standard analysis performed by most commercial laboratories and is necessary when a precise determination of organic matter content is required. Ideally, soil organic matter contents of topsoil should be 3 to 10% by weight. Thank you for listening to this month's Arborist News audio podcast. An online quiz worth one CEU is available now to current ISA members. This quiz will become available to non-members in June 2016. Visit the ISA web store and search for online quizzes for the most recent CEU opportunities. Arborist News is ISA's bi-monthly serial publication that provides readers with the latest in arboricultural news and education. This magazine is an ISA member benefit and offers opportunities for ISA credential holders to earn CEUs. Become a member today to start receiving Arborist News in your mailbox or inbox. That concludes this episode. Please check back for the next Arborist News audio.